This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome into the Swarmcast. David Eichholt here with HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, first off, hope everybody has a safe, fun, and productive 4th of July weekend. I- I'm totally kidding on the latter. Just have a safe and, and fun weekend. Um, should be a good time to be with family, uh, friends, social distancing, of course. Enjoy a few beverages, kick back, and relax. And, of course, stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com. A little bit of a self-plug there. But uh, Sean, our own Sean Bach is on vacation. Uh, Well-deserved. Well He's been really... Really grinding uh, for our site, recruiting-wise, story-wise, everything else like that. Dylan could not make it uh, today, so it's going to be a solo podcast. But what a 72 to 96 hours right now, I think, for uh, not just the University of Iowa athletic program, not the football program, but just just I'll say the fan base and some allegations uh, toward the program and some of the credibility there. Obviously, if you don't know what I'm talking about, let's... Let's take a step back. Let's get some perspective. Uh, Robert T. Green uh, is someone that has been working closely with former Iowa running back Akram Wadley and his family, as well as numerous other uh, former black, uh, former Iowa uh, black athletes, uh, specifically football, and putting out statements and stories of, of mistreatment or bullying behavior and just overall them having a negative experience there. Before I get into the meat of what I really want this to be about. I want to make myself incredibly clear. And I want, if, if there's anything you take away from this podcast, it has to be this. So please listen up. This is the most important thing I'll say. Everything that is said is not discrediting the players. It is not meant to quote unquote expose, cancel, whatever the lingo is on social media. I encourage every single person to listen to Akram Wadley's story, to uh, Maurice Fleming's story, to Jonathan Parker's story, uh, to James Daniel's story, to Amani Hooker, uh, to every single player of color that has come out with mistreatment allegations or bullying and racism. It's incredibly important that we encourage people to speak up and not silence them because we don't like what, you know, maybe people won't like what they have to say. They have a right to say it, and if they feel like they've been wronged, they should be encouraged to say it, and people should be supportive of that. So again, if anything you hear in this podcast, that is the number one point I want you to walk away from. Encourage the players to speak up, listen, and support them. Now let's get into Mr. Robert T. Green, who I've had a I want to say a feud with on, on social media. I know some people like to say that. I know uh, you know, a lot of people have been tagging me and a bunch of stuff. They've tagged him and a bunch of stuff. I went on a little bit of a fact-checking rant. Uh, I mean, a fact-checking thread on one of his Facebook Lives. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But I, I do want to add really quick. 
it was it was hilarious to me in case you haven't uh, you aren't following me on Twitter at David Eichholt, D-A-V-I-D-E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T. Again, D-A-V-I-D-E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T. I, I've been tweeting up a storm lately. I'm usually not much of a tw- – I mean, I am a Twitter guy, obviously, but I don't try to put out you know, 50 tweets a day or whatever it has been. Uh, but let's go back. Let's go back 48 hours or so. Uh, Robert T. Green, he, uh, quote, unquote, the player's rep, uh, has been putting out daily Facebook videos has been uh, you know, posting almost every other hour on his Facebook page. But again, I, I can't even see that anymore because he ended up blocking my Twitter despite me never tagging him in anything. And he went so far as to look up my personal Facebook and block me on Facebook so I can no longer see any of his, of his posts or any of his uh, Facebook Lives. But he did a Facebook Live about 48 hours ago. Again, this is being recorded Thursday, July 2nd, 2020. So let's take a step back. I got to scroll down a long way as I did not think I've tweeted this many times. I apologize. So I've been flooding your timeline. Okay. So let's go back to June 30th. Uh, I'm just going to read you a synopsis of basically a thread. I watched it. He continues to say, trust the facts and not the process. The first thing he did is he claimed Kirk Ferentz took a 20 to 30% pay cut to distract from Wadley's statement. Now, a couple things about that. One, it was 15%, and Kirk Ferentz was not the only coach that took it. Uh, wrestling coach Tom Brands took it. Uh, men's basketball coach Fran McCaffrey took it, as well as uh, women's coach uh, Lisa Bluter all took 15%. One year, 15% base salary, voluntary pay cut. Uh, and the other thing that I, I you know, kind of struck me as odd especially if you're talking about representing the players, is within 90 seconds of the Facebook Live, he started talking about Iowa, you've never been that good. You've only gone to one Rose Bowl in 21 years, this and that. It, it, it doesn't matter if Iowa's 15-0 and they win the national championship or the team goes 0-12. Racist, bullying, and demeaning behavior should not be tolerated. And that should be the overall point of this. It shouldn't be what a team's record is. It's just as wrong if, if you're 15-0 or 0-12. Uh, so let's go down. And, and the reason why Iowa did announce it on June 30th is that was the end of the 2020 fiscal year. Iowa was set to announce new budget cuts. Uh, this is something that's been told to us for over the past, I'll say, month and a half, maybe even longer than that, maybe back in April when we talked to Gary Barda uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. said June 30th uh, would be the cutoff date for 2020 year because he guaranteed people would not be fired or furloughed in the 2020 fiscal year. Uh, continue to go down. Uh, he brings up Iowa controlling players' ability to speak in press conferences. Now, in case you aren't aware, uh, there are people called uh, sports information directors for the university. They're responsible for setting up press conferences, uh, interacting with the media, and basically keeping an overall schedule for the football team and, and everything like that. It is 100% normal for a sports information director or assistant to give players briefings heading into press conferences. In fact, most football teams uh, give them training for media sessions because there are certain things, obviously, they, they can't say. That is completely normal. Now, to be fair, Iowa does control it a little bit more. But, it, again, it's completely normal. And it, it, that's not really a shock uh, to any major college football program, even professional. It happens. But in professional, I think you get a little bit more of a guy's off the rail, off the rails a little bit, um, and this is a quote that stuck out to me as well from this this uh, press conference. Bottom line, 
uh, Iker Motley was trying to make the NFL like every other player that decided to go to Iowa. It wasn't because of the program or how they operate. It's because of the lies that were told them in the living rooms by recruiters, half of them African-American recruiters, that were no longer there when the kids signed. Well, you know, that that's an interesting thing to me. And I again, I fact-checked this. Iowa running back coach Derek Foster. These are all, all coaches of color, by the way. I just want to make that clear. Iowa running back coach Derek Foster has been there since January 2018. Kelton Copeland has been there since February 2016. LeVar Woods, uh, special teams coordinator, has been there since 2008. And defensive line coach Kelvin Bell has been there since 2014. Almost half of Iowa's assistants are people of color, and they've all been there multiple years. So that's not, that's not true at all uh, from Robert T. Green. Again, I, I Facebook, I, I tweeted this fact-checking thread, never tagged him, and he didn't like it. Uh, and his catchphrase is trust facts, not the process. He said that about four times, three or four times. I think it was three during the Facebook live. All I did was give straight facts. And by the way, again, I am not defending Iowa, the Iowa, the football program, but there's a difference between allowing these players voices to be heard by the public and fans of Iowa or, or, or people and society in general supporting these players and encouraging them to come forward and encouraging their stories and, and be open-minded to listening and learning and growing together versus a guy that is manipulating innocent college kids, a former college athletes and their families for monetary gain. And I want to give complete credit to, I want to, I want to make sure I get this right. It was the ESPN station in the Quad Cities, uh, because they did get him on the show, uh, Robert T. Green, for 53 minutes, and they absolutely grilled him. And Green was dodging questions, was not being straightforward, uh, deflecting, uh, said he was in it for the athletes, not himself, but he kept dropping the line, I run a business. Not that those two things are, you know, maybe not uh, totally contradicting each other, but there is monetary value and monetary motivation uh, behind it. And it was Don't Hassle Us, We're Local, Quad Cities, ESPN 93.5 for the Quad Cities. I want to give proper credit. Go check out their Facebook page if you want to listen to the full interview. It ended with Robert T. Green hanging up uh, after one of the hosts said, you're only in it for the money. Uh, I've given you 53 minutes. You've been dodging my questions. And again, it's it's hard to disagree. And I I've tried to pride myself in my journalism career. I mean, again, I'm I'm only still in the beginning stages of it, but I have tried in my journalism career to remain objective and give both sides to the story, even if people don't like it. You know, a lot of people from other fan bases, I won't be specific, don't like that I've been fact checking Robert T. Green. But they forget we've also written stories about Akram Wadley, his experience. We, we've been telling all these stories about, you know, the 50-plus players that have come forward with these allegations. And again, it, it's important for everybody to look at, every, look at the facts and decide for yourself. That is my goal as a journalist, as a podcaster, and, and, and reporter, and everything. I want you to decide what is true or not, but I will lay out the facts for you. If you want my opinion, I will give it. With that being said, I want to repeat my earlier point. If a couple stories 
aren't of the magnitude as some other stories. If parts of it are, I don't want to say fabricate, but uh, over-exaggerate or a half-truth or even maybe, maybe false. Again, I'm not saying anybody's story is false. I don't think we should assume that. Don't let it overshadow the 50-plus stories that have come out. They are not in the same group. Listen, educate yourself, and grow because that is what we can do as a society. And I'm not even talking, trying to be political. I'm not trying to stir up controversy. That's just the reality. We should encourage everyone to speak up and to say what they feel is their truth, their experience, and it's up to us as a public to be open to hearing that. So I feel like I've given a little bit too much of my opinion on this segment, but I, I just felt like I had to comment on this because obviously I don't want to say I've been in the middle of it or started it, but you know I, I kind of have been in the middle of uh, all this since Akram's story first came to light and I just got a bad vibe uh, from Robert Greene. And again, I do think it's fair to say, I think it's fair to question his motivations, but uh, I may continue to give him airtime. I may continue to tell the players stories because the players deserve to be heard. And if they go through his outlet, that that's just the way it is. But the players will get their voices heard. Their stories will be told. Uh, but as far as Robert T. Green goes, I don't think he'll be on any Iowa station for a while. And especially not this podcast, considering he's blocked me on all social media. Because, again, I... I I just gave him publicity. I just watched his Facebook Live and I fact-checked him and I put out some quotes from it. It was his own words. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And that's just the reality of the situation. That's the way it goes being a journalist at times. Basically, if you do follow my Twitter, I think you know my opinion of Robert T. Green and his actual motivations. I won't repeat it for the podcast. But again, if you're interested, just go to my Twitter, David Eicholt, and you will find uh, a couple threads and just a bunch of commentary from me. And fact-checking on the situation. There's no sense in rehashing it. But, and and I do encourage everybody to go to the Quad Cities ESPN site 93.5 and listen for the inter- to the interview yourself or you can find it on their Facebook page. Uh, it starts about an hour 27 minutes in. It went about half hour uh, on the on the radio, but they he was still on the phone. They were still talking. And ESPN radio automatically shifts to the next show at the top of the hour, but they, they did get it on Facebook. So again, I encourage everybody to go listen to that. Make your own opinion of it. But he he did not do himself any favors. And I do think it is worth noting. He is not a lawyer. And he was described as a behavioral specialist. He worked as a behavioral specialist. It was a lot of dodging hard questions, constant interruption. And basically, it was interesting because on Twitter... Leading up to the interview, they talked. He he wrote a big long note to the Quad City Hassle, uh, QC Hassle, on on Twitter. Be sure to go look that up. Basically saying, by the way, a thousand typos in it. I mean, it, it's hard to read, but he says to, as an act of good faith, please give my full response, so I know that you're you're 100 serious. But the one quote that stuck out to me, and again, I know I said I was gonna move on, but I do wanna I wanna rehash this point. I wanna say this. He said, 
trying to discredit me or what we do is something that is never going to happen. We don't work for you or ESPN, Iowa or Kirk Ferentz. Internet trolls don't warrant a response. By the way, he threw me in the internet trolls and I'm sorry I fact checked you. And if I'm such a troll, then why did you share a 24-7 story on Akram Wadley calling the program a living nightmare? We are giving him publicity. And I want to get on this too because this really just boggles my mind that someone can just sit there and, and, and be so contradicting but not, but not blink twice about it. He talked about how the media was so quick, so quick, like lightning speed, to, to talk about the pay cuts and, oh, Kirk Ferentz is taking a 15% pay cut. Again, sir, that, w- that was expected. It, it was going to happen. The end of the fiscal year was June 30th. He said it was a distraction ploy by the University of Iowa to avoid talking about the issues at hand. No, it, it was going to be announced that way that day anyway. By the way, if the media was so slow... Then why did you post every single article calling it a living nightmare on your Facebook page? That day, might I add you, that day, the same response time, if not quicker, than the pay cut. Look, and I know it's cool in today's culture to insult the media or not be all in on the media, but that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about right, left, whatever. But he continued to to say that the, the local media didn't do its job in giving the players a voice. Really? All right, well, let's dive into detail right now. This gentleman's on the East Coast. He's not even in the Midwest. He did not start caring about Iowa football or Akron Wiley or any of the former players until they went approached him and told them their stories and for him to be able to publicize it. I'll tell you what. When Friday, June 5th, when that day came, I was all in on giving the players a voice. In three days, that entire weekend, when Kinnick got vandalized, when 40-plus players made allegations against Chris Doyle, Brian Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz, and, and everyone else, I got three and a half hours of total sleep in three days. You know why? Because I cared about giving the players a voice. I care about sharing their stories. If they've been dealing with racial disparities, bullying and demeaning behavior, I cared about giving them a voice. I wanted to tell their stories. Now, I'm not complaining about the little sleep. Look, I love my job, and I I care about giving the players a voice. But what infuriates me is when you're going to sit there and say that we were quicker, as a media, we were quicker to talk about a pay cut rather than racial bullying and demeaning behavior, you have no freaking clue what you're talking about. And you, and you know what? You were so quick to share all of our articles when talking about your client, which, by the way, was the same day that the actual statement came out. A prominent Power 5 football program, a Big Ten program, has serious disparities. We were all over that. You want to talk about this? I drank more cups of co- I drank enough cups of coffee to kill a small horse. I did eight stories in 24 hours. I did 26 stories in, in the first three days, me and, my other, me and my colleague Sean Bach. That many stories in that short of time because we cared about giving the people the information and the players a voice. You talk about representing and protecting the players. You have 200 Facebook like you have, you have 200 Twitter followers and 15 Facebook likes. You want if they want a voice, they can go to ESPN. They can go to 24/7 Sports. They can go to any other media outlet. USA Today. You know why? Because they're actually giving the players a platform. They are the ones giving them the voice to spread to the masses about their experience in the football program. And if they weren't, then why do you continue to share their article? 
I, again, I'm not complaining about the little sleep. I just care about giving the players a voice. I care about these stories being told. I care about uncovering the truth. That's why I got in this field, to tell stories and to give the people the truth. I will continue to do that, and I know a lot of my other colleagues will too. And I can say without a doubt, no matter how any of my other colleagues have approached this situation, they are doing it to the best of their abilities. They are doing what they feel is right. And for him to not read anything and to only solely focus on his clients, which again, we gave him perfect publicity. We gave him platform and a voice for the story to be told. And for him to absolutely say the media has not done their job, you have no freaking clue what you're talking about. And I don't mean to get passionate, but I will always stand up for myself, my work ethic, and my media colleagues, especially when it comes to a story like this, because we bust our butt day in and day out to get this done. And again, you have no freaking clue what you're talking about, but you know what? We're going to continue giving you your, the players you represent a voice because they deserve it. And that's the reality. If they want a voice, they come to us. And we're going to continue to do what we can to uncover the truth because the players deserve the voice and they deserve the truth to be told. And the other thing is, you continue to get out these stories day after day after day, one a day. Why would you not release them all over the course of a day? The only goal here is to prolong the process. And Iowa cannot give public comment because it will disrupt the, the investigation with, with Hush Blackwell, who is conducting the independent investigation on the University of Iowa into the racial and bullying allegations, etc. There are a thousand flaws with his logic, and it just does not make sense. Again, I try to remain objective, but the stuff he is saying is just 100% false. Not the stories. Again, not the stories of the players, but the way the media is reacting. He said the media hasn't asked Brian Ferentz this, hasn't asked Kirk Ferentz this. We, as the media, have asked Kirk Gary, not Brian, because Brian has not been available for public comment. And at this point, the university will not talk about it because they don't want to disrupt the investigation or potentially harm it. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So it, it makes absolutely no sense. And again, he ended up blocking me because I fact-checked one of his Facebook lives, but he was so quick to promote me giving Akram Wadley, uh, or 24-7, excuse me, giving Akram Wadley the platform. He deserves to share his story. Again, deserves because his voice deserves to be heard. And it just, there's so many inconsistencies. And I will say this because, again, this is just another caught in a lie moment. And I'm not doing, again, I'm not doing this to push an agenda. I'm covering both sides of the story. But when one side has more inconsistencies and one side has more information coming out, journalists are going to tend to focus on that. Right now, we are in a waiting period for the investigation to end. I can promise you the second that investigation ends, myself and along with my media colleagues are going to be all in on this 
on the report, what happened, where the, the, what's the conclusion of it, and we're gonna give the public as much information as we can. With that being said, he was asked directly by one of the, on, on, during the radio interview with QC Hassel, Quad C ESPN 935. And I won't name, by the way, really quick, I will not name the recruit because I don't want that poor kid to be spammed with messages. And again, I've, I've warned people, do not do that. Don't tweet at recruits. It's not a smart thing to do. But he was asked, did you contact a 2021 recruit a couple of weeks ago with with screenshots of Iowa fans saying they wouldn't show up the, for the anthem, et cetera, et cetera? He said, no, I did not do that. And by the way, in that Facebook Live, he said the wrong recruit's name. He didn't even get the recruit's name right. And on his Facebook, June 14th, there is a screenshot of him friend requesting the recruit. Uh, and he directly says, I sent this to this player and his family so they know what they would be treated like at the University of Iowa. And he said on their air, he did not contact them. Trust the facts, not the process. And that it's a it's a catchy catchphrase, but when you don't live up to the motto, it really doesn't do you much good. It's gonna be it's just a buzzword, just to get people to click it and listen, because there's certain words that people's ears perk up to. Trust, process, facts. Those are three words that do that. That is not true. And again, there's screenshot evidence of this. I'm not pushing an agenda. I will continue to cover both things and I'll continue to tell stories of these players because they deserve to be heard. But I, from this point on, will not be referring to, uh, this last time I'll say his name, Robert T. Green. It's free publicity at this point. It's not worth it. And the players that have been mistreated deserve better. And frankly, I think, I think he should be ashamed of himself. And I, I, my, my heart goes out to the players and their families because I think they deserve better throughout the process. So let's, let's kind of move on here. I, I did want to get in a mailbag segment uh, just because I feel like it's important to, to cover enough ground. And, I mean, I, I could have gone on on that topic for another hour at least because I have a lot of thoughts behind that. But I thought it was important to point out the facts, some of the background information, et cetera, et cetera. So let me open up my mailbag here and we will see uh, what's in. I'm assuming there's going to be a few questions regarding uh, <laughs> what's been going on and what I just touched on. But uh, we're going to try to not not avoid it, but just uh, limit it. So we'll start right now. Any late transfer possibilities for basketball? No, no, I don't think so. I think Fran's roster is pretty well set. And right now they are expecting Luca Garza to return for his senior year. Uh, is that going to happen? I don't know. I think we're still a few weeks a weeks away from the decision because Luca will continue to talk to the the uh, NBA teams, the scouts, the executives to get a full scale of if he would be drafted, uh, how would he fit in the system, improvements he needs to make, et cetera, et cetera. Again, it's such a weird process this year because of, of COVID-19, the pandemic, no individual workouts, no NBA combine, or at least a very delayed NBA combine if there is one. So it makes it even harder for those fringe NBA guys uh, to make the decision. Uh, and the, uh, interestingly enough, next question, when will Luca make his decision? Uh, again, I think it's a few weeks away. I don't think it's going to go up till August 3rd, but maybe 
third week of July. I think two weeks from now, I think it'd be a reasonable time to maybe expect that. Not an inside scoop, just just something to keep an eye on. Uh, and again, Luca Garza is at the University of Iowa right now with his teammates. Uh, involuntary workouts. Iowa coaching staff can officially begin workouts July 20th. And <laughs> how do you eat your steak? Medium rare. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I think it has to be either medium rare or medium, one of the two. Uh, which kind of bear is best? Thank you in advance. A black bear is best. Bears beats Balsar Galactica. And just, just a reminder, identity theft is not a joke, Jack. That's his Twitter name, Jack. I had to say that. Uh, which college uniform is the coldest and why is it Iowa? Man, that, that's a that's a good question. Uh, there are a number of uniforms I like. I know people aren't going to like me saying this. I I really like Florida State's. I like Clemson's. Uh, I don't mind Ohio State's. I think USC's is pretty cool too. There are a number of them. I I do think Iowa's up there. I think I think the black and gold is is a very underrated color combination. Uh. But off the top of my head, it might not end up being my actual one I pick. But I do think off the top of my head, I think Florida State. I, I think I just think it's really cool. Uh, do you think the spokesman reached out to the recruit? Do you think this impacted why he did not commit to Iowa? I don't want to say that. I, I, you know, I think there's negative. There's negative recruiting all the time, and I mean I've said this before. Recruiting can be a dirty business, uh, and I think everybody that pays attention to sports knows that. Uh, but no, I, I don't think it had an impact. I think it'd be incredibly strange if a random person that you had no idea about reached out to you, gave you one or two screenshots of a, of a fan of a certain school saying something negative, and then the recruit going, oh, I don't want to go there because it, it happens everywhere. It, it really does. Uh, there's the bad section of the fan base. Uh, in, in, in I think any sport, any men's, women's, uh, any team. It's just what sports is. Uh, what options is Iowa now considering for running back for the class 2021? With that, yeah, I think that's that's the big question right now. I don't think they're going to stop recruiting 2021 running back Ricky Parks. Uh, but I do think there's a number of targets that they'll be monitoring across the board uh, that could potentially be in line uh, for an offer. And as if, if off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. I don't believe Iowa has any any offers out to the class of 2021 running back recruits uh, at the moment. So I do think a couple guys you might want to keep in mind, maybe look for a guy. It's a deep, deep sleeper. Maybe Julius Bolden from Wichita, Kansas, 5'11", 190, goes to Northwest. Uh, really, so- He has a couple lower offers, but he's a really solid back. Our Midwest recruiting analyst, Alan True, uh, really likes him. So I mean, may- maybe keep an eye on Julius Bolden. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, that's you know maybe a couple other guys. Maybe look for a guy in Michigan who's been slept on. Maybe Phil Parker has some connections there because he's incredibly respected up there. So keep an eye on that. Uh, how many independent sources do you need before you run with a story? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I do think that it, it totally depends on on this, how strong the source is and how well connected the source is. I've ran with stories and scoops before when it's only been one person. But that person is either involved 
or extremely close to a situation where they're not going to be wrong. I ran with stories that take two, three, if not four confirmations because they're on the outside looking in. Uh, but I do think it is important for every journalist to you know cross their T's and dot their I's before they break a story because you don't want to lose the trust of their readers. Good question. Uh, I, again, I typically wait till at least two, but I have ran with one source because I know for 100% fact that the source is, is correct. Uh, is this the most baffling single situation you've had to deal with so far as a reporter? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, just because of how many different layers there are and how many players have come out and had things to say regarding racial bullying and demeaning behavior. I think it's the most in-depth. You know, I, I do like to say I've only been doing this professionally for about five years, but I like to think I have the experience of a, of a journeyman vendor, veteran reporter. And in case you aren't aware of my background, I was a, a, a Nebraska reporter for two years when I interned uh, there. So I did cover Scott Frost being hired. I covered the end of the Mike Riley era. Uh, I covered the AD change. I covered the three Nebraska players de- uh, kneeling for the national anthem. And it, it's kind of crazy. Just I believe it's four years ago, four years later. Uh, not how common kneeling would be, but just I don't want to say how unified because it's still an extremely controversial issue for some people. Um, but it, you know, it, it's interesting. I just think with the depth and the magnitude and the the power of these stories that have come, you know, from former Iowa athletes, I think yeah, it is. And I, I don't want to use the word baffling. It is. It's incredibly shocking, and I think it's shocking to most people based on the reputation that Kirk Ferentz has had and University of Iowa has had. Um, but yeah, and it, it's been a unique experience for me, and it does make me grateful that I minored in political science during college, uh, and I you know, I, I came in this job wanting to cover sports, but it, it's I've been blessed to cover, I think, something that is so much bigger than sports, and I, I really appreciate all the readers and the listeners of this podcast and people who have been supporting uh of our work at 24-7 Sports Insider.com because there have been a lot of hours putting into investigating uh, these claims, telling these stories, and trying to get every single detail right and give these players a platform uh, where they're encouraged to speak out. So I, I would say absolutely. And again, I, I want to thank everybody that has been along for the journey so far. Uh, I'm about to begin my third year with 24-7 Sports. Actually, it'll be on August 1st. It'll be my three-year uh, and work anniversary, so it's been it's been awesome, and I'm I'm excited for the future. But I've been I've been very, if this makes sense, I'm grateful that I've gotten the chance to cover this because it's incredibly important, and it just goes deeper than sports, and it's been it's been a ride for sure, and a long way to go, obviously too, with the investigation. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that kind of unfolds. Chances for the Colorado tight end. Yes, Gunner Helm, uh, 2021 tight end out of Cherry Creek, uh, was teammates with, with Iowa quarterback Alex Padilla, who is probably slated to be the number two quarterback this season, backing up Spencer Petras. Gunner Helm, I think he's a tremendous talent, a little bit underrated I, I, on by 24-7 sports. I expect him to get a big jump in the next rankings because his uh, he has a college-rate body. He's incredibly skilled, uh, an all-around tight end, holds offers from 
I mean, Auburn, Georgia, Wisconsin, Alabama, Iowa, uh, really, really solid players. Six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pounds. I think he, uh, I, I think he'd be a great fit for Iowa, and I think Iowa does have a realistic chance. And Gunnar Helm is planning on visiting the University of Iowa this week again. He can't communicate with coaches on campus, but he can get to Iowa City. He can tour around the town, get a vibe for it, get a feel for it, and go from there. And that's becoming more and more common, I think, across the board. So I I think you definitely need to keep an eye on him. Uh, Has anyone talked to 2021 recruit that didn't commit to Iowa but was reached out to by the spokesperson for Akram Wadley? No. No. And the reason why maybe maybe someone else has, uh, we will not because I don't think it's fair to drag the kid into it. Yes, Iowa was a contender for him, but with with everything going on, I don't think it's fair to reach out to a kid and say, hey, did you commit to this school over, over Iowa because of the stuff the guy sent you? Did he reach out to you? And I, I don't blame you. I'm not, I'm not blaming you for asking the question. I just, I don't see a point in it. And I don't think it's fair to the kid because the school he committed to is in his, in the recruitment, regardless they had a realistic chance either way. So, and he had a great relationship with the staff, especially the running back coach. So we, we won't be, uh, maybe some other people will, but I just, I just don't feel good about doing that. Uh, it just rubs me the wrong way. And if I was a parent of that child and I heard a report of that, I just, it, I don't know, again, it would, it would rub me the wrong way. Do you think between the racial issues and the fact Kirk is nearing the end of his career, recruiting will suffer? Would now be a good time to bow out, especially no football this year? That is an interesting question because I it, because I was recruiting has been on the upswing, and I don't think it's just because of Kirk. I think Kirk plays a big part in it, but it's also the fact that the staff has been together for so long and. You know, Iowa's done a great job of maintaining the recruiting class despite all the uh, racial disparity allegations from the 50 former players. Uh, no player has transferred outside of of one walk on Kyle Sorensen. Obviously, defensive back DJ Johnson transferred and did cite those as a reason why, but I'm specifically referring to after the news became public. Nobody has transferred besides Dylan Doyle, the son of former Iowa strength and conditioning coach uh, Chris Doyle. And nobody has decommitted from the 2021 class. So, no. The short answer, I think, is no. I don't think the recruiting will suffer. Uh, the recruiting has been on the upswing. But I will say, whenever Kirk Ferentz decides to call it quits, it will be up to the new coach to keep that momentum. Because, again, I don't see momentum fading unless Iowa has a couple of bad seasons and the staff starts to break apart. That's when you'll see the recruiting start to suffer. Uh, as far as if no football season is a good time for Kirk Ferentz to bow out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I don't think so, and the reason why is because with everything that's gone on, 
and I've written about this as well as a lot of my other media colleagues, Kirk Ferentz's entire resume, his career, his legacy is on the line because of the allegations that have happening. I mean, the, the cultural foundation of Hawkeye football for the past 20 years has come under fire. So it's up, you know, I think if he wants to keep that legacy, if he wants to be remembered nationally, he'll be respected nationally, I think, among the coaches. But as far as the public eye, I think he has to stay. He has to rebuild a cultural foundation. He has to listen uh, to his p- uh, players of color. I think he needs to work closely with the the uh, committee that's being chaired by former Iowa defensive tackle and current NFLer Mike Daniels. I think he needs to work closely with them. And the, st- and the teacher has to become the student. So it's an important time for him, maybe the most important time in his career. So I think that's worth noting. Um but, yeah, I, I don't see recruiting ent- suffering entirely. So, uh, all right, let me let me move on here. Do you think Brian Ferentz will be on staff this fall? Yes. I don't. As far as from what I know, I think Brian will be on staff. And I'll say this. This is just pure speculation. This is no inside scoop. If Brian Ferentz is not on staff, I don't know if Kirk will be on staff because I just see that as an, as an awkward situation. The only way I see Kirk remaining on staff, if Brian isn't, is if Brian leaves and takes another job, which, again, I'm not saying that's happened or is in the works. I'm not saying that at all. So it's just me throwing out a a uh, what-if scenario. So, again, I expect Brian to be on staff in the fall with with Kirk and every other coach on staff. But, again, that's subject to change based on what happens with the Hush Blackwell Independent Investigation couple more here before we wrap things up. Have you spoken to any current Iowa players recently? How's the team's morale? Uh, we have not gotten the opportunity to since Ivory Kelly Martin, Keith Duncan, and Kevon Merriweather. But from everything I've heard from my sources, people are encouraged. Uh, the players are together. They've never been more unified. And they really want to play football at the end of the day. I mean, these are guys that are hungry uh, to get back on the field and play the game that they love. Uh, but with that being said, they are focused on making the necessary changes so that uh, players of color feel welcomed and it's an inclusive environment. So as far as the team morale goes, and this is just from what I've heard from sources, th- it's never been closer. And I think that should be encouraged. But again, it's still fresh off the meetings from three weeks ago, I think it'll be a better question in a month how the team feels. The adrenaline could still be in. They could still, you know, be on that high of those emotional meetings. It's about can that feeling from those meetings and the lessons from those meetings translate into meaningful action. If that happens over the next couple of months, then I think you'll really start to see real change. So that's what uh, I, I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to be most important. Uh, what are your thoughts and predictions for the upcoming season? Has it changed in the last two weeks? Will we have college football this fall? Will there be 40,000 fans in Kinnick? Also, do you have an idea when the TV networks will release kickoff times? That's a lot. I'm, I'm okay with all the questions, but uh, it's a lot of questions. So let, let's dig in. So thoughts, predictions, change? No, I think Iowa is capable of going 8-4 and four or 9-3. and three. I think they have the talent of a 10-win team if Petrus uh, – keeps up the trend of first-year quarterback success with Iowa. I think the receivers are established. I think Tyler Goodson will be a third-team All-Big Ten back, potentially, maybe more. I, I, I have 
high expectations for him based on what I've heard and, and what I saw during his freshman year. Iowa's going to need to get good line play. But again, the offense, I think, has a chance to be one of the best under Kirk Ferentz. Um, but again, it wouldn't surprise me if they go 7-5. and five. I mean, that's just the difficulty of the schedule. Their second-to-last game is at Purdue, who I think is going to shock a few people and have a few upsets along the way. Your third game is against at Minnesota on a Friday, which is six days after playing Iowa State. Granted, it's Iowa State in Kinnick Stadium, but back-to-back rivalries, that's going to be a tough one. So, yeah, uh, as far as college football this fall, yes. Okay, I'm, I'm, I, granted, I will say I'm much more optimistic than the national experts. I'm much more optimistic than a lot of people. Maybe it's unrealistic of me, but I preface it by saying this. There is way too much money to not have college football this fall, even if there's a, incredibly limited fans. The TV money would still be off the charts because people would be, go crazy for college football. I think it's going to happen because if it doesn't, you know, I feel like departments are going to be scratching and clawing for every single dollar they can find. And a lot more programs will be cut and a lot of power five schools are going to be in deep trouble. So as far as that goes, yes, I believe there will be college football this fall. Will there be 40,000 fans in Kinnick? Again, I'm more optimistic than most. I think there will be mandated masks. I think there will be waivers that have to be signed. And it, by the way, if you take off a mask in Kinnick Stadium, I think you'll be automatically uh, thrown out and maybe there'll be a ban in place. Again, this is pure speculation. I think there'll be waivers that people will have to sign and you'll have to take your temperature. And if you don't fit within the criteria you get in, I mean, you're just not getting in. Uh, so that, that's what I would say. I do think, I don't know about 40,000, maybe 30. Uh, and I know there's about 40,000 season tickets sold right now. So you're going to be upsetting, I think, a lot of people, uh, at least 10,000 people, and I would not be the one to pick and choose who gets the tickets and not. Again, I want to reiterate this because I don't want people freaking out. I am purely speculating on that. I am not saying that as a matter of fact. I am just talking about I think it's a reasonable conclusion at this point. But again, it is not official. It's not official, and I just I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but... Again, some people take that stuff and run with it, so I wanted to reiterate, that's what I think. As far as TV networks go, kickoff times, I think they're waiting on this until the season gets finalized to do that because what if there's only a conference season? Uh, what if it's a full schedule? What if you have to cut a game or two? What if, I mean, there's just a thousand what-if scenarios at this point. I think we're going to have a much better idea of college football in 30 days, and that's when I think we'll really start to see information uh, come out. So let me see here. I think I got about every question. If you listen this far, I really appreciate uh, you listening and hope I've been a good distraction for what is it? For 41 minutes right now. Obviously we are missing uh, Sean and Dylan, but again, thank you uh, for being here. Uh, last quick question. Is there an estimated time of when the investigation might be done? Uh, it's been three weeks uh, if you aren't aware, Iowa Athletic Director Gary Barta said he believes it will be a matter of weeks, not months. It's it's tough. Again, I'm purely speculating. I would say maybe the second week of August is when we'll start getting some clarity on this because I just think there's so many allegations. There's so many people they need to look into. There's so many people they need to interview if they want to actually uncover the problem. Because I think there's a there's a problem regardless. 
If they want to discover the true depth of the problem, they are going to have to continue to dig deeper. I would expect to at least the middle of August. If it's before, I'll be shocked. But again, I don't know how many people are working on this. I don't know if they're interviewing five people a day, 10 people a day, 15 people a day, what documents they're looking at. Uh, and I think that kind of stuff takes time. And even after they review everything, they still need to prepare the actual document and the actual conclusion. And that that take that may take a week in itself. So I would say the middle of August right now at least. Uh, but again, thank you for tuning in. HawkeyeInsider.com, Swarmcast, David Eichelt here. You can find me on Twitter at David Eichelt, D-A-V-I-D-E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T. Or you can find us on Hawkeyes on 24-7 via Twitter. That's where you'll find links to all our articles, everything else. Uh, if you want to support us further, HawkeyeInsider.com, subscription, annual subscriber, uh, 30% off for an annual subscription, or $1 for your first month uh, can guarantee your satisfaction. And we'd love to have you join our growing community. But I think that's going to wrap it up. But I do want to reiterate one more time. Just like I said at the beginning of the podcast, don't let the representative that's releasing the statements from Akram Wally and former players, some of the former players, overshadow what the players are saying and what they're alleging. If they're saying that's what happened to them, encourage listen, learn, grow, and support. Because I think it'd be, I I think it'd be a really disrespectful, awful thing to discourage kids and make them be silent because they've been silent for this long if there's actually been a problem within the football team. And again, we're seeing all across the country, football and college athletes, they're feeling more empowered to speak up more now than ever. And they should. Again, listen, learn, grow and support but that doesn't mean you have to like the guy that is being res- uh, responsible for releasing the statements and I think you can differentiate uh, what his motivations are versus what the players motivations are and don't let a few of these stories overshadow the 50 plus powerful stories uh, that we've heard from University of Iowa football players so for David Eichel 24-7 sports HawkeyeInsider.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. And as always, stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com for the latest Hawkeye news, analysis, and scoop. Take care. Thanks much. Have a safe 4th of July. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, Two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.